Hey everybody, it's Brady here from Inner Strength Check, rolling dice and playing games for personal growth and social change. And without further ado, let's get into it. Before I begin today, I'd like to just start with a bit of an acknowledgement of country. What I'd like to acknowledge first is the uh, Gumbangir people of the lands on which I was born and raised in the mid-north coast region of New South Wales. For this review, I would also like to pay my respects to the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation, upon which I currently live. I'd also like to pay my res respects for the people of the Kona lands of Adelaide. I'd like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and I would like to pay my respects to elders and the community of First Nations, past and present. Thank you. So in recording this episode, I, it's taken me a while to record episodes because I have this sort of a bit of a preconception that I need to be, I guess, more prepared than what I actually am. And that leads to me almost sort of fearing doing podcasts because you're seeing the recording bar moving. You might hear some clicks as I move between tabs as well as we go. So what I'd like to do is I'm trying to sort of build up a bit of a habit of just recording my um, my festival posts, reviews, music reviews, that sort of thing, just to have an additional sort of media format. In my most previous episode, I realized in the editing that I actually kind of uh, may have left out a little too much of the space between pauses that I'm liable to take. I guess there's something a little bit unnatural about just talking to a moving recording bar. Uh, sometimes I feel that I can compare myself both to people who are able to do much more comprehensive scripts, but also those who are able to just kind of riff and talk. So look, what I'm going to do for this review is I'm going to basically just narrate my recent reviews, just so that if you would like to hear a review of the recent New Dead Festival, and I'll just add in some extra commentary here, there, and where I can. So it may sort of present itself as a little bit kind of stilted as I move between the written and the spoken word, but I'm going to start off with my preamble that I wrote for part one of the New Dead Festival, which was on the 15th of April at Lion Arts in Adelaide. Care of Jason North, the Lion Arts venue, staff, crew, and bands. Please, my preamble. In our weird quasi-pandemic world, there's a multitude of challenges and setbacks facing the continued existence of local festivals in Australia. The New Dead is no different, and we're truly blessed to have the 12th iteration of this long-running metal marathon. The persistence offered by organiser Jason North, staff, bands and audience alike speaks to a real possibility of keeping such great festivals alive, but only through our active involvement as a community. These are uncertain times, and it's as simple as rocking up and having fun on days such as New Dead that we ensure their continued survival in the future. Show your support. Thanks. So, now, onto the review. The New Dead, 12, part one. Opening the floor for us eager and curious early birds, locals, and relative newcomers to the live scene I choose violence kick off proceedings like a gunshot. Slapping lunchtime revelers upside the head with their tumultuous concoction of death metal, hardcore and thrash, there's plenty of energy radiating from these fresh locals. The eagerness is palpable, with band members oscillating between shit-eating grins, windmilling and headbanging. They are stoked to be here. Seriously, the expressions were great. Like, those guys had ear-to-ear -ear grins. It was a great way to open up because there was this reciprocal kind of just... The energy between everyone, it was like all smiles right from the get-go. 
The audience participation for the festival was equally as fervent from the get-go, which was a welcome sight. Ample headbanging, fist pumps and participatory gang shouts punctuate a brutal set, centred mainly on their meaty trial by combat EP. They even threw in Sacred Slayer metalhead hymn Angel of Death, which got an I Choose Violence death metal makeover, garnering cheerful applause at the set's conclusion. <laughs> That's when I sort of thought, okay, well, right, a whole day of headbanging it is then. My neck and knees momentarily spasm in fear, a realistic appraisal of the flogging they're about to cop. And cop it do they ever, only seconds later. Sporting a getup of gauntlets, a goat skull mic and leather, the aesthetic shift to a thrash near the world is complete with second act apocalyptic annihilation. Wasting absolutely no time on the small stage, mere moments after the previous band's departure, they launch straight into their sheer black and thrash assault. So things just got faster and faster from the get-go. So it was a real slap upside the head. You know, it was barely lunchtime. And within moments, we're treated to a skull-caving barrage of furious palm-muting riffage, evil tremolo, flashy shredding, and relentless blast beats. With the band paying homage to the man himself, Lemmy, there is indeed a motorhead from Hell Energy from the artist's music and their performance as they churn out pure necrothrash cuts again and again. That's quite a good release, actually, necrothrash. The initial reaction from the steady influx is almost comical to watch. So you'd see incoming punters and they're sort of soldiering in cautiously and then they kind of walk through the door because you've got the doors and then the small stage is just there, right next to the bar, right in the middle of the venue. I love I love the setup of line arts actually. Um, so you just see people snapping to headbanging and hooting and fist pumping just as they came in. So the small stage's proximity to the entrance generated this sense of immediacy that gets folks fired up very quickly. Luckily, the main stage is just as accessible, mere metres beyond, and ready for pit fiends. So following that, and my drink of Coke Zero that I've just spilled all over my journal, because um, I'm like that, following our black and thrash annihilation, we're momentarily given a pause before being torn to shreds by the also appropriately titled third act, Bifurcation. Um, the setup on the day was there was very little wiggle room between bands so if you were desperate to catch everyone you were literally thank god that the stages are next to each other because it was just go 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 it was cool these brutal slamming death metal has cranked that aggression notch even higher exploding in a frantic mix of blasting speedy riff work and thuggish breakdowns the dying fetus caveman inside me was beaming really was Vomiting a stream of guttural growls and shrieks, the energetic frontman prowls the stage like one possessed. Bandmates respond in kind, churning out technical but also groove-laden backing with high intensity and flair. Appealing equally to us primitive pit folk and chin-stroking observers, the band were received to similar jeers and howls of appreciation as other bands of the day throughout. P.S. Props for the shout-out to Misery from the vocalist. It was so much brutality so early on, and honestly, what a treat. I mean, sometimes you go to lineups, and look, I'm all for all types of music, but sometimes I might have, you know, just like a local kind of groove metal opener or two. Nope. It was relentless from the start, and it was far from showing signs of relenting. So mere moments from the conclusion of Bifurcated set with barely enough time to make the bar, bassist and drum power duo Hell Machine erupts like a blackened thrash volcano over on the small stage. The screech proclamation, We are Hell Machine, and we come from Hell, was as much fun metal shtick as it was prophetic. 
Trading off dual vocals that bring both Aura Noir and Exodus to mind, the band utilized speed, distortion, and the full creative potential of metal's rhythm section to bolster blood-curdling rasps. Really was an impressive set of a bassist and drummer just pushing their instruments to the limit. This high-octane set features doggedly snappy tracks such as Spawn of the Devil, She Demon, and more, from the aptly titled new release, Relentless Aggression. Roars, hollers, and manic cheers of appreciation signify yet another high-colour performance received well. Seriously, the quality and consistency was a mainstay of the day. Wasn't the easiest feat with such a fully packed timetable spanning afternoon, evening, and night, but trust me, New Dead delivers, as it always does all fucking day. Teleporting over from the black and thrash nether realms to the thuggish brutality of death metal, it's not long afterward that Perth's action offer up their gruesome serving of delectably old school extreme metal swagger. Bludgeoning as hell, there's equal space paved throughout for breakneck riff fests and slower, groovier chuggathons. This push-pull dynamic gets a lively crowd hooting and howling for more over those downright evil buzzsaw guitar tones. There was some real bloodbath energy to those tones it was delicious hm2 shit let me tell you that a number of tracks from the blistering new release ritual of ash including the title track dead sight and grave mine mingle seamlessly amongst demo scorches such as godless oath and threshold as a last minute addition to the lineup it seems that the democratic process of unified applause deemed the band's presence very worthy so we had barely time to crick our neck or grab the next round and believe me had quite a lot of rounds that day um also boo to south australia for not serving pints <laughs> i only just got used to that moving to victoria coming from new south wales where we also have schooners anyway enough about that melbourneian technical dissonant death metal purveyors writhing speaking of victoria straight up brutalized the small stage from the moment of their opening salvo onwards with a vocalist belting out subsonic barks and growls over intricate but powerful riffs and blasts the band's abject refusal to forsake heaviness is clear. Lifting multiple belters from most recent album of Earth and Flesh demonstrates that on the live front, too. Deceptively doomy at times, there's only slight reprieve in the furious speed for angular and off-kilter moments, and even then, rabid hoots of appraisal roar up from the pit. The frontman's declaration that we're having a fucking ball today, which is cool, is mirrored by a resounding boom of appreciation from an audience clearly on the same page throughout this intense set. And then, not without further ado, comes the next band. So it's sort of, oh, you know, straighten your neck back up and it's time to adjust your positions and your genres once more, folks. Perth's remission are preparing yet another dish on this heavy smorgasbord. Exploding from the main stage with a burst of blistering death thrash, there's an instantly frantic pace that barely eases throughout their entire set. Fresh tracks like Noctus Pestia get heads struggling to keep up with such constantly feverish tempos mixed with rallying calls to fist pump and champ together, which we obeyed, of course. Uh, so there's the addition of the fill-in drummer, Liam Weedle, which, Weedle, sorry, Liam, might have mispronounced there, Weedle, Weedle, um, that was a Weedle segue there. Wouldn't have had anyone second-guessing, the skinsman providing an effortless backing to nimble bass work and virtuoso leads. With the final assertion from the front man for us to get out there and see as many fucking riffs as you can today, there was a closing track breaking the sun which propelled the restless crowd into a frenzy. We're left ready to obey this last directive with zealous furlough. At this point, it's all I can do but massage my knuckles into my already doomed neck, stretch my aching knees and gather fortitude to continue. Yeah, I'm pretty f I'm fit at this stage. Ah, uh, really haven't done much cardio, so 
I'm already fucked, muscles wise, but anyway, we continue. I drag myself over the small stage, this time for more Victorians with vexation. Ensuring we keep good in our duty as metal primates, there's little fanfare to be had as the band whirls immediately into a Dragon Ball Z style flurry of thrashing death metal melee. Dizzying sweeps, barreling double kicks, and downright malevolent tremolos straight up murders the air. Dexterous bass work and sharp vocal rasps and barks round out, barks round out the atmosphere of thrashing death metal violence. Kicking furiously through picks from trepidation reins and older material, every scorching moment is lapped up by a pit-ready audience. There's such ferocity and speed on offer in this rapid-fire set that the blast-laden conclusion almost takes me by surprise. I join in the reflexive cheer, ignoring my mortal need for physical reprieve. No time just yet, we've got bands to see. So relenting only incrementally from that unrelenting assault of the previous acts, there's a little bit of a moody shift in atmospherics and ambience back on the main stage. Minimalist black and white visual backdrops for black metal supergroup Lumen Ad Mortem is just one of many little tasty stylistic shifts that add more variety to today's spread. There's a very theatrical performance from the ashen face painted frontman, howling above his black garb bandmates and gesticulating through poses like a man truly pained. There's a subtlety to the music too, aided by the very Nazul style atmospherics laid down by the warm but melancholy keyboards. Which isn't to say the performance was stripped back, god no. Not when you've got infamous Matt Skit Sanders laying down relentless machine gun fire in blast beat form, as we saw on new track Narrow Tiles on Stony Ground. It was a spellbinding set, and the ample space provided by the main stage truly added to the cavernous, ominous feel. Just a little bit of a postscript note here too, so like many other feeling musicians today, uh, Matt Walters from Freedom of Fear provided some reserve support from guitar and fit like a glove. And that was another sort of pattern of consistency I noticed emerging from the festival was just how easily and skillfully many artists were filling lineups were required, often with short notice. And I apologize to any uh, kind of feeling sessional musicians from the day that I haven't quoted here. Um, feel free to pipe up after you've heard and I'll give you due credit. Um, there's a lot of names thrown around today, on that day I should say, and today, whatever. Speaking of short notice, with little warning, the venue is soon brass knuckle beaten straight into thrash territory with the debut performance from critically acclaimed unit Battlegrave. On the topic of rounding out lineups, this normally studio facing duo is complemented today by vocalist Luke Frizon of Growth and guitarist Daniel Mackey of Triple Kill. For a first live performance, they were clearly one well-primed musical machine, charging headfirst into a combination of frenetic riffing, visceral barks, and watertight rhythmic backing. We we're informed, this song's about a shark, with the absolutely jacked white death. Between this number, the gavel says die, and a hope of other, host of other ripping cuts, there's not a single moment of physical or musical stillness from either the band or the crowd. Melding dew-scented style riffage with flashy soloing and a punk rock ethos proves massively popular with the crowd. More live Battlegrave, please. Please. They were really good. They were really fucking good. I like. There's no way I could play that well on my first show. Following up such a rabbit set might prove challenge for some, particularly as the hours are starting to wane on, so we're getting a few hours into the day here. But now comes the time for another Melbourne band, Death Metal Hellion's Black Lava, to keep up that energy old school style and boy do they ever wreathed in layers of distortion the larger expanse of the main stage fills the sound out in a way that complements the pendulum swim from focused blasting to head swaying grooves hits such as eye of the moon and the sneering aurora give off a real black metal snark 
There's close attention paid by the front man to provide bandmates ample limelight through periods of riffing fury, but not without horns aloft. The crowd might as well be a pack of howler monkeys at this stage, given the excited hoots and hollers all throughout the set. Regrettably, it's at this stage that my basic physiological needs are kicking in and overriding my normally stubborn constitution. Sangers and beer aren't exactly cutting the mustard. So I make this quick call and I go, alright, I need a substantial feed. So I amble my already precarious musculoskeletal system out the venue as soon as possible to stuff a substantial feed down my gob in due time to catch the next act. Unfortunately, my fevered meat suit shuffling wasn't timely enough to catch the next set, which is regrettable. So not content with pretending to review someone I didn't catch or leave holes in the day's reporting, Throughout the evening, I kind of grabbed some vicarious feedback from a few punters, just asked around to ascertain how Melbourne's run went down, uh, featuring Lachlan Watt of Triple J fame, among others. So look, I caught them recently supporting Darkest Hour at Max Watts, and I was really impressed with these new, newly coagulated five-piece. Uh, as a relatively new band of the live front, both the eclectic post-metal meets hardcore tunes and their energetic stage delivery led to a really strong first live show, which was only a few weeks ago. And it seems that that was a sentiment echoed from several folks I asked about the day's set. I mean, in particular, the most common underlying theme was people remarking about the passion and the intensity of the band. Um, so that is part one. And now we begin part two. Both of these are up on WordPress as well, and you'll also be able to uh, obtain those links either from innerstrengthcheck.com or the socials links. So without further ado, let's launch straight into the remainder. What better way to stoke the flames of the early evening than a ripping evisceration by esteemed Sydney Thrasher's flaming wreckage? Nullifying any collective exhaustion that was wafting into the ambience of Lion Arts, a selection of OG Thrasher cuts such as Sin Survivors of the most recent Barn Burner Opus Cathedral of Bones whips necks into motion back to front. So there was a sort of a slight dip in energy around this time, but I noticed as soon as Flaming Wreckage started, it just brought it right back up. I feel like there's there were some lulls, just very, very brief lulls, but they were I noticed that the, the energy just as soon as band started again, you know, pe people weren't just sort of idly watching. There were always committed punters. And I think having a steady influx of people throughout the day kind of helped intermingle that energy, which was good. The fierce combination of unrelenting palm muted chuggery, wildly lofty dual leads, sharp vocal attacks, and an uncompromising rhythm section produced a great combo of technicality and groove. As with fellow lineup thrashers, remission, the ambidextrous requirements of being a dual vocalist and guitarist as a fronting member is pulled off to great effect. By the conclusion of this set, the pit has gone from simmering to boiling over. Seems we got ourselves a second wind. At this stage, we're six hours into almost non-stop standing, head-banging, fist-pumping, and the odd mosh pit action that my unfit cardiovascular system is wheezing, buckling, and straining. But there's some nebulous force in the atmosphere of the place that seems unyielding to such demands. The kinetic potential within the crowd is bordering on electric, a steady stream of fresh-faced punters helping laggards like myself to press on and pay our metal homage. Speaking of homage, massive respects first and foremost to the Welcome to Country which was uh, conducted by a Karina of Fiendish black metal trio Kilat. It's great to see some recognition for the Kalara and Nam lands and First Nation people from which the band emanate as well as where we found ourselves today. 
dressed in simple black, transmuting that energetic fervor from high tension into something more subdued, but also very highly expressive and theatrical. The vocalist performance mirrored at Lumen Ad Mortem for one of the more enigmatic and interesting stage shows for the day, which wasn't to say that it was all for show, because Keylight blistered through an unrepentant stream of piercing black metal, fused with moments of sludgy doom, grinding hardcore in an intensity so high that most audience members, they were just transfixed with reverence because I think the speed at which those chords were coming out, you know, people were trying to keep one's neck up with the sheer speed of this tsunami of warp speed, blast beats and riffage proved honestly a difficult task. Juxtaposing this sea of brutal noise with all manner of harsh screams, howls, barks, and creepy whispers, the vocal push-pull felt akin to a shrouded clawed hand emerging from the din. Like several other acts on the day, such titanic output from a band of fewer members is entreated with respectful applause, as their three-piece, and shouts of appreciation from a crowd that honestly seemed awestruck. As if things haven't spread out into enough of a heterogeneous buffet of all things fast and heavy, watch out. We're about to get real experimental with it. Very little time is wasted following that intense, brutally moribund set before we cop the opening refrains of explosive envelope pushes alarm back on the main stage. Cannot miss this. Weaving through their trademark catacombs of jazz-infused technical progressive death metal, there's a charcuterie of offers old and new today, from the evident crowd-favorite Velocity to equally well-received circles and numbers such as Sphere of Influence, the prog veterans sweep effortlessly through complex but clean, jazzy passages, effects-drenched interludes, blistering neoclassical shred flair and lock-steady riffing. And it wasn't without final self-deprecation either. I mean, apparently Katy Perry was on stage, and not only was she announcing her presence to a bit of beach, a bit of jazz, the uh, newly bearded slasher shirt sporting pop sensation also reminded us that, hey, if you're expecting black metal right now, you're missing out. That was a terrible accident. Anyway. <laughs> the banter flowed thick and fast, and more than a few times a number of cheeky grins and heckles crossed both sides of the barrier. Side note, again, as a bassist, what's kind of also comical to me in terms of skills I don't possess was exactly how hard bassist vocalist Mark was punching away at his six stringer. It looked like he was laying into that fucking thing, darting around equally fr- flexible drum work. There's some serious slapping chords in there amongst those distinct vocal refrains. As for the crowd participation, well, a band as steadfast as theirs in namesake and reputation obviously garners a huge response from a head-twisted crowd throughout and on conclusion of such a massive set. And as if melding the ethos and atmosphere deliberately of the past two acts before them, mind-melting South Australian dissonant experimental death metal trio alters offers us an alchemical concoction on the small stage, one which bridges both technicality, creativity, heaviness and solemnity. Hunched over the mic stand with the sizable bass presence, the conscientious frontman remains semi-occluded through the set by a wreath of hair. He's not any less imposing for it with sneering growls and screeches above the low-end din. These hellish rasps are complemented by craggy riffs with steep arpeggios, disquieting chords, punitive riffing and bombastic drum work, quite similar to writhing in that use of a heavy use of kind of dissonance and arpeggios, which was really cool. And look, hails in particular to drummer Alan Cadman, who, like previous times I'd caught the band at various Brisbane and Melbourne shows over the years, was able to deliver his apt framework over barely restrained musical chaos. As with the guitar and bass, there's all manner of clever feels and rhythmic trickery, while keeping those barely controlled forays into blast beat territory with confidence, 
It was a really fitting final live performance with the band after many loyal years. In terms of the crowd response, there's an interesting mix of headbanging horns, applause, and introspective appreciative stillness. This power trio's masterful ownership of technical chaos definitely kept me enthralled. Without losing one iota of power, proceedings get even more unnerving with the mostly strobe-lit darkness of Danish black hole, black and hardcore pervades Hexus. That's our first international band for the day. And look, I have to say, they bring one of the most fierce and relentlessly energetic performances of the day. They were non-stop. These Europeans show us Aussies up from a very minimalist aesthetic. Me words good. Clad in simple black clothing, no background or even stage lighting, save for those dizzying strobes, I feel catapulted into an altogether different dimension. I wasn't expecting it, honestly. And uh, God, if anyone was on hallucinations at that point. <laughs> Whirling around with agile fever, the caustic barks of the hooded front man are met with bandmates equally attentive to consistent motion. It's off-putting, almost sickeningly so, to be half squinting into that intermittent blackness. Your occipital lobe is begging to play catch up to the auditory data which is just processed as a steady stream of sincere, jagged hardcore with an even sharper black metal bent. I really cannot understate just how much energy is output by this band. It's honestly an intimidating presence, a furiously unwavering commitment to lay a punk rock energy atop the blackened miasma of cuts spanning a tournament beyond. Confusion and bewilderment speckles the cheers and hollers of punters, many of whom were quite literally dazzled by the strobe-lit performance. It's equal parts artful and powerful, and the audience reaction matches this. And what a traversal from this very postmodern interpretation of heavy music straight back over to the small stage where the proud metal patriotism of occultic blackened thrash's denouncement pyre swing the pendulum straight back to a heyday aesthetic. Sporting leather jackets, gauntlets, uncompromising speed, and get-fucked attitude, the war metal bloodburst is spat out by this vitriolic four pieces one of the fastest sets of the day and in a monster day jam-packed mostly with extreme metal i think that speaks for itself literally nothing is implied or left to the imagination here we're veritably shredded apart by riffs so fast they stand at risk of tearing holes in space-time fabric around the small stage the misanthropic venom of deathless dreaming the liberating fires of moloch and other unforgiving salvos feels less like a thrash gallop and more like a stampede speaking of which the pit erupts into its own stampede quickly. Minions from the pit, blood drunk in obedience to the front man's jeering and prodding, get moving. Let's fucking go, motherfuckers. He was riling us up, and we, we uh, responded in kind. This absolute rager of the set did huge work in whipping punters wide awake, wild-eyed and hardly refreshed for our next musical ritual. Not an easy feat, this late proceedings, but one disnouncement managed really well. They were good. They were fast. I mean, every band was good, and pretty much everyone was fast. Everyone was fast. Speaking of rituals, I feel like I've been given inclusion to some extra special spectacle for the next big stage act. Having had the opportunity to catch Brisbane underground death metal pioneers misery in the flesh after missing them when living in Brisbane for a few years is a treat I never thought of myself experiencing, but boy oh boy, I'm glad for it. These scene juggernauts brandish an experienced mix of looming death doom and traditional extreme metal power. Harnessing the riff from a place of genuine old-school expertise allows them to effortlessly paddle both tomb-like crawls and fiendish speed with ease. A tall, imposing frontman holding his base almost vertically, demanding his hard-of-hearing ears catch some true voluminous appreciation of today's acts, he was like, I'm a deaf motherfucker, let me hear ya. <laughs> That's good. Morbid dreams, God speak, and inverted prophet 
and numerous other sacred classics are belted out with that relentless interplay of doominous and visceral bludgeoning, and the pit absolutely responded in kind. My jelly legs are rolling around in the kelp sea of the pit, keenly moshing as I am now unable to ignore these impulses. To have such a raucous response this late in the day is testament to how timeless these vanguards have become in our national unconscious. It was on for young and old. It was really, I was really impressed to see just the audience-wide appreciation, basically. So setting aside some Australian-facing sentiments now, Japanese gore grinders of equal veterancy, Butcher ABC, they fling us back down into an absolute basement of debaucherous fun. And uh, the guitarists sort of yell, we are Butcher ABC from Japan and we're all going to party. There's some oddities in this set. I mean, they had a coolly grotesque happy birthday flag. They were asking people about whether it was their birthday. They were sporting butchers' aprons. Um, and as per the cover photo uh, that you'll see and getting around on social media, even um, the bassist had a gas mask uh, with a mic hooked up to it and green neon string bass. The shtick was immediate and it was real. Thank you, Australia. Now bring me a beer, taunts one of the guitarist riffmeisters. The band honing in on an endless rip-roar of gore-soaked riffs interspersed with flashy leads, fills, and down-tempo changes. Like a Nihon version of the day everything became nothing, albeit with more blasting, amicable grooves square up in chunky portions against guttural screams, belches, and growls, all wrapped up in a rhythmic cacophony that is deceptively tight. The crowd, self-included, eats this meaty spatter up track after track, the pit now cranked into top gear and totally disinhibited. At one stage, they relented in what felt almost like a stoner mental, stoner mental, a stoner mental, uh, stoner metal jam instrumental, multiple bluesy solos and stripped back meandering, which fooled none of us as we rage on for a few more brief grind blasts to a rowdy applause. Simultaneous weariness and adrenaline-addled excitement grips me. I'm practically begging for reprieve, but I feel completely amped at the same time. My mind felt sharp, but my body was fucked. Nevertheless, having caught Brisbane brutal slamming death metal fiends disentomb multiple times live, and also now across multiple states, I felt a final expectant rush of keen anticipation to wash over me. I think I last saw them supporting, uh, well, headlining for Defeated Sanity last year at the Northcote Social. They're always a good time. When the frontman's side-to-side grin and call for horns, which was eagerly reciprocated, not one millisecond is wasted on stillness by this band, audience or sound waves alike. It was a really fitting conclusion to a furious day. Acknowledging the lateness of their set, the relentlessly ground-pounding frontman nonetheless validates our tiredness but calls for multiple circle pits. That request is fulfilled keenly and instantly. Cystic secretions, collapsing skies, vultures descend. It's a career-spanning barrage of relentless back breakdowns, intricate riffs, creatively punishing rhythm section, and subsonic vocal booms which feel all but inhuman. We've got circle pits. We've got people rowing on the damn ground like they're at a monomath. We've got jelly-legged souls like myself, feebly packed up the front, just, just sort of oscillating in some weird semi-mosh movement. You know how it is. At the end of the day, you're trying to put your best into it, but like you've been headbanging so much, you have to actually kind of launch from your lower spine. You're in that weird sort of, looks like you're pissed standing outside of, you know, a line to get in and you're just trying to keep balance. As the final notes rain death metal hell upon us, there's a collective exhalation of applause, relief, and gratitude. What a day. What an absolute monster of a day. 
Truly, new debt is something too precious to let slip away. I hope that we can maintain such a consistent, high-caliber stamina testing festival into future years, because boy howdy, does Australia need more of this. Once more, thanks so much to Jason North for coordinating all of this so tirelessly. Thanks so much to the crew, staff, punters and bands. And thank all of you who live to keep the spirit of music alive and aflame in Australia. Thank you.